Welcome to the Jeff and Jamie Show, powered by Streaking. This week, we're going to talk about the gut punch that I got. Oh, I'm sorry. Education versus school. And finally, friendships and what that means. So we are excited to be talking with you today. So, Jamie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited about these different topics that we have. It's going to be fun to talk about it. I know. I'm curious about... The gut punch? Yeah. That you know, doesn't sound pleasant. No, it wasn't pleasant. And it took me a little while to uh, recover. And it took uh, you and I a little bit of yeah. some... What, what, do we, what do we call that? Uh, aggressive negotiations? Yes. <laughs> aggressive negotiations. Yeah. So you may Which, be wondering what, what the gut punch was. What mm-hmm. were you going to say? Just, I want to talk about how maybe the aggressive negotiations weren't the best way to handle the gut punch. (laughs) Have you ever had, so this is one of the things, have you ever had uh, what I'll call friendly fire? Someone from very close range that that says something to you that is really uh, quite... Mm, they may not know it, but to you, it's very hurtful. You bring up a good point. That's I love that you call it friendly fire because who's expecting friendly fire? I think that's part where the gut punch comes from. Mm-hmm. Is it's from close range, completely unexpected. You weren't you weren't expecting to have this conversation at all from this yeah from this source from this source. So we were talking with a friend and we were talking about streaking as it comes up uh and basically this this friend just said, "Hey, look, you know, streaking isn't worth anything." I mean, in my view. Now, that wasn't their words directly because the reason why I say it was friendly fire is because the conversation for the most part was very friendly. Very friendly. And what this what this friend started to say was that they um, just didn't believe that anything we were saying it w- was working. I, I mean, there was one particular point in the conversation where this friend said, hey, look, you know, if I do something for 1,200 days, I really don't care. It doesn't make any difference at all in it's the world to me. It's just checking off box. some stupid box. If I'm not getting the result, then why would I even do any of this? Now, there is some truth to that. And that's why I'm lis- I'm listening to this. But then this friend goes on to tell me all about this other person that has meant everything to them in their life and shows me their app and how you should track your daily habits. And then you should rate yourself at the end of every day from a one to five on how well you did in particular areas. And I was, I was fuming. I was absolutely fuming. <laughs> I don't think you could tell, but man, I went away from that and I was, I was hot under the collar. And the question is why, why was I so hot under the collar? Because there are a lot of good things out there that are, you know, that can, that can promote goodness. But it's like this friend missed the total point of why we do streaking at all. And it was as if there was nothing I could say, nothing I could do to bring about what um, what, what you and I had been trying to talk and, and tell think, people about. Do, does this make any sense whatsoever? I think whatsoever? the frustrating thing was there were so many things that this person said that, that like at one point the person said, you know, what we do is important, but it's about who we're becoming. <laughs> and, and I remember just sitting back and being like, we say that all the time. Yeah. It's, or an, or at another point where the person said, well, you know, you should tell people to start with just one streak and do it for a hundred days because, you know, that's the only thing that... It takes time. It takes time. And I'm like, and we're, we say that all the time. In, in <laughs> so. the book, we say that. But it was, it was like, so it was like a one-two, but then... Ex- uh, I mean, just make exalting this other person and taking him to this level that I just was, I don't know, I, I came away biggest, from it very hard. I think the biggest frustration was a someone that we felt close to that we felt completely missed 
what we were what we were communicating and and the thing that was difficult for me is not I'm totally believe there's a lot of resources out there to help us become the people we want to be what I was frustrated with is that as this person was explaining this other person's uh, website and all these things that were required to you know rate yourself and this daily plan that you do for 10 minutes in the morning all great things in my mind i'm like so just set a streak about opening the app yeah set a streak well, because to there do was your one daily moment, plan yeah because there was one day. moment where um our friend said you know what i feel so great at the beginning of my day when i open this app and i do these three or four things uh but i just don't always do it and, and, like, and at that moment we were both i think saying well why That's, not set a streak to open the app? Set a streak. Well, but that really doesn't work. That that just doesn't work. It was as if at every single turn, everything that we have been trying to say and what has worked for us and for you, our fellow streakers out there, it was just being shot down. And so I went away from this conversation and I was truly despondent. I didn't know what to say. I, I couldn't get away fast enough from this particular friend who I love dearly. And it it was just so hard. And, and the saddest thing about all of this is, is that as we drove home from this, we unleashed on each other. <laughs> we did. It oh, my goodness. turned into it was World the War III. biggest fight ever. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about this and, 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 and what Now, happened. would you say it's been one of our biggest fight in 30 years? Or would you... Because we've been married 30 years. We've had some doozies. I would say it's in our top 10. <laughs> it would be in the top it, 10. Absolutely. It was There was big. one point where I think... You had something in your hand. You had thrown it to the floor of the of the car. We were on the freeway, and you were like, "Let me out right now." <laughs> I was. Okay. I was like, "Pull this car over!" And I was. I'll walk the three hundred miles home. And I was beating on the dashboard. <laughs> we are passionate people. The point that we wanted to make is that we've spent a lot of time looking at this and realizing that when you take a sucker punch or friendly fire like that. Part of the reason that it's so difficult is one, right. it's coming from a source that's close. It's usually unexpected. And two, what we realized is that it hit close home. It, it, it brought to the foreground a lot of our insecurities and a lot of the things that we have been, that we're yeah, worried and about. I mean, and just being completely vulnerable. I mean, my insecurities, my self-doubt, my All thinking that, that, you know, I'm not smart. I don't know how to do any of these things. Why Why would I even consider even being on this podcast with why you, I mean, I why would I even publish I it to the world? I have something to offer to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, just all of that all bubbled of that. up to the surface. So the question that I have for you is, how could we have done that differently? Because I'm sure that we're not the only couple that have turned on each other when mm -hmm. after a hard situation. Is, is that the only way? I mean, I'm sure it's not, but could we have done something different to be able to work with each other in a way that would be better from, you know, taking this gut punch? And and I, I read something the other day that I've thought a lot about and and the, the speaker said, conflict is inevitable, but contention is a choice. Hmm. And I thought a lot about that after our fight. Um, <laughs> after our Because the conflict fight. is inevitable. You're anytime, and, and honestly, at some level we want conflict because what is conflict? It's challenging the way that we think. And, and I think it's important that we challenge each other because the only way we're going to be able to think bigger is if we challenge what we're thinking. So, so the good part of this conflict was as, as emotion simmered and as I've been able to look back, to be able to look at it and be like, okay, there were some good points brought up and, and some things that 
I want to look at. And it also brought me to question, does this work? Does this make sense? Why are we doing this? All yeah. good things to ask. Yeah, absolutely. I think the challenge comes in is that when those things happen, um, those feelings and those emotions of feeling sucker punched are so, what is the word, visceral? So intense, so mm -hmm. real. Yeah. And being able to manage them is hard. I think the thing that we had to recognize is that we've got to be on the same team. Yeah, we've got to be on the same team. And and being on the same, but I mean, in doesn't the mean moment that though. We're, and it doesn't mean that we're, that we think the same thoughts or that we agree with each other all the time, but recognizing that. I bet some of our listeners out there want to be like, I wanted to be in the car when you two were fighting. It would have been like the reality show of the century. It was. It was long too. I mean, it was not resolved right away. I mean, it took us a so little while. You've asked that question. What could we do? I mean, I wish in the moment I could have been like, look, I am feeling so contentious. I can choose differently. Right. I didn't. I, I was mad and, and I chose mad all the way. So have you had some thoughts about how we could have, or is this a natural part of it? Are those emotions part of it? And, and we go through the emotions and then come back and, and think through it and think, okay, we are on the same team. We are. I guess so what I, you asked me the question, it's a great one. And here's what I, here's my immediate thoughts that just came to mind right out of the shoot when you asked the question, what could we have done different? First of all, don't put credibility in a source that is not, um, how, how can I say this? I, I put credibility in words that was from a source I didn't need to put credibility what in. What I hear you're saying is evaluate the source. Yes. Is this a credible source? Let's, right. let's start there because maybe, maybe for this me, is just and, someone's opinion. And it may opinion. be credible for someone else, but it's right. not credible for me. And so I'm just like, you know what? This is just someone's opinion. I need to let it go. But it, but that's hard in the mm -hmm. moment because I have a lot of emotion around it. It's, right. you know, when you start to mess with someone's ego and I'll just go with it. I, I mean, ego around a particular thing or someone's baby. I mean, you want to get a mama bear mad, you get between her and her baby. Right. Well, so you want to get important. a papa bear mad, get between him and his baby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Are you saying your baby is your ego? <laughs> it's streaking. Streaking, gotcha. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. not the ego. And, and so, but the ego rears up to defend the position Mm -hmm. And to be able to quell that force and to say, no, listen, it, it takes some energy. Now, what I do appreciate, here's what I appreciate about what it was that we um, were experiencing and you and I talked about. And that is that um, we both felt, or, or sorry, I went to a different direction. You were looking at the time and I lost my train of thought <laughs> as far as where we're at. Sorry. That's okay. It's not your bad. Me being distracted. I was thinking about how you are a trusted individual and that I can let my hair down. And that may not be the best thing all the time. I mean, sometimes you say to me, for example, I, what I'm thinking I can't say right now. It probably wouldn't be healthy. Right. And I feel the same way. On the same note, though, being able to express all of that frustration and that range of emotion with someone who I trust and love is is part of, I guess, uh, purging the poison. Mm -hmm. You know, I th sometimes you got to suck it out of your blood and it's not always pleasant. And I like that you said that, that that range of emotion. I think sometimes it's okay in the communication to say, I'm going to communicate something right now that I'm feeling. I don't know if I totally agree with it. I know it's not rational. I know it's not something I'm going to act on, but I've got to say this because it's 
killing me. Right, exactly. And so I do believe that, and having somebody that gives you the freedom and the latitude to do that is important. Do you feel like we give each other the freedom and the latitude to do that? Yes, I, we do. I don't know if we do all the time. <laughs> it gets heated. <laughs> yes, it does. But it was. <laughs> it gets really heated. So speaking of getting heated, so that's the gut punch that we had for the week. And learning how to work with one another. What I appreciated, just to finish this part of the conversation up as far as the gut punch is concerned, is in life, each one of us will get a gut punch. I think critical to, after we had all the contention and everything else, was the next morning when we continued to talk. We didn't let it go to rest and just have this wedge between us. I always think of the story about the farmer who put a wedge in a young tree and rested to that wedge in the young tree just because he was done using it and had forgotten about it. And over the years, the tree had grown up around this wedge. And and one time there was this particularly, not a real violent storm, but a storm that came upon and the tree, which should have withstood the storm, split right in half. And the farmer wondered why. And he looked in it and found that the wedge he had set there years ago that had weakened the tree. And I think that's in our marriage as we over 30 years have looked at what it is we do and how we arise at or how we how we resolve conflict is we don't let the sun set on the conflict. Mm-hmm. I don't ever like the the theory don't let the sun set. Cuz sometimes you need to go to sleep. Sometimes yeah. you know, don't let the sun set on your argument. Sometimes right. it's like no, you need to go to sleep. Right. You're arguing because you're tired. Just- so go to sleep. Go to sleep. So it's more metaphorical Mm -hmm. than it is actual literal. And the metaphor is, hey, we're going to work this through until we're done. So what I appreciated is the next morning, you and I continued to talk about it. And I apologized and you apologized for things that we had said that were out of complete irrationality. Totally. Sorry. I'm thinking of the things I said and I feel the need to apologize again. So the thing, and and the thing that I loved is that then once we were able to do that, then they were able to look at that situation and evaluate the feedback for what it was, which I think is a crucial skill being able to evaluate that feedback and look at it and be like, okay, let's look at the source. Let's look at the, what was said, what, and, and being able to peel away to finding a nugget of something that you recognize is valuable absolutely and and able to do that and i feel like through and we recognized a couple of those nuggets both in the feedback and in the way that we handled the situation afterwards mm-hmm. ways that mm-hmm. we could do better going forward absolutely. And there even are. after 30 <laughs> years 30 we've years. got a ways We're to go still learning that's right <laughs> and i love it so that brings us to the next topic which is education versus school now i want to take a little detour for just a second I know. I'm sorry. Just it, it, it relates though. Okay. Promise. Is that, I promise. So this is an article that I read and this is kind of an interesting one because there's some, there's some inflammatory words that can come right up from this. And I'm, I'm curious because it has to do with education. Okay. Okay. Like anyway, this is the, this is the headline. Utah teacher no longer employed after advocating vaccination and telling students she hates Trump. Okay, so... Gotta love the headlines. Gotta love the headlines. So a teacher is no longer working at a Utah high school after she was recorded sounding off to her students in a profane speech that jumped from uh, President Donald Trump to the COVID-19 vaccine, climate change, and the LGBT community. The wow, video she of her, hit a lot of topics oh, yeah, there. She, she pushed all the buttons. She pushed them all. The video of her sharing her opinions in front of the class on Tuesday was shared widely on social media. And by Wednesday morning, the second day of the new school year, um, the district in Utah confirmed that she was not employed there anymore. 
One of the spokesmen, David Stevenson, said in a statement that he cannot comment on personal matters and would not say whether the teacher was fired, only that she wasn't working there now. She originally been put on leave Tuesday while the district investigated. So it just it goes on to talk about this um, and everything that was in her her video, and I don't we don't need to go into all of that because that's not so what 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 she said was not what I wanted to talk about. Okay. What I want to talk about is in relation to what we were just discussing for just a second is, okay, so you're, you know, uh, Natalia or Ace or Bowen or Chance come home and, and talk about and this happened through. in their class. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What's the conversation? How do you work with that as a parent? Right. The first thing I love is that you ask, what's the conversation? So I think that's the first important key for all of this is that there be a conversation because this is going to bring up emotion in you and I as well huge I mean and you're right this kind of relates back to that sucker punch again that feeling and and anytime this is something that's very prevalent right now with media and then also just people in general is there are so many things that can instantly bring up a huge range of deep emotion right this is where I look at, it's, it re- brings up this huge range of emotion. And so what I see, and one of the things that we've done, I believe, is we have had dinner table discussions and we would take this on head on. Yes. And what I mean by taking it head on is talking to our children about what it was that happened and how it is that they handled it and what they thought and what their feelings were. Because this is a person in authority that's expressing an opinion. Mm-hmm. And their opinion is something that whether or not it's, you know, they could, this person in authority could have impact on your grade, which could have impact on future standing. So how do you as a mom and how do I as a dad teach our children to respectfully disagree and also to advocate whatever they feel is their position, whether they agree or disagree with what this teacher said? And that does lend itself right into my question of education versus school. Yeah. So let's and, go and, there. That's why I thought well, this and would the, be... And, and the idea that school is a place that you go, but education is something that you're doing your whole life. Right. And this is a huge opportunity for education at home, talking about something that happened at school. Yeah. And being able to... And, and I think there's a lot of these opportunities right now. Our... our Society is filled with an immense amount of opportunity to talk about these things that are happening, a lot of them, on the center stage of school right now. Mm-hmm. Schools in general have become a huge so center you, stage. How for, do you quell your emotion on whether or not, you know, whatever the side of the issue is that you believe, how do you quell that so that you can have a conversation? I mean, do you, and you may not know, I'm just curious how you do it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I figured that, this out yet. I know. And the person that has, let us know. <laughs> the, the the thing and so and and one of the things that I was thinking about as we were talking, as you were reading this article and and as we're thinking about it is this difference between an issue and a person and being able to separate and not always attacking a person is never going to be helpful. Mm. You're never going to have. But there's a really so many political good... commentators who do that today and who who we kind of find entertaining and funny and it's at the expense of people in public office or at other people like this teacher, I'm sure that there's any number of commentators that have completely derided or supported whatever it is she's saying. And and I understand needing to be able to address things that are going on, but I think that when we reach this point that we are attacking the person, 
all the time, it's just going to be a continuation of attack, 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 attack. You're not ever going to get to a place where right. we can, where we can live together. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is, is, is important to, you know, to be able to have these situations where we can recognize different points of view, um, but also be able to maintain our ability to have our own points of view mm-hmm. and to, and to live together, to mm-hmm. work together with people. Mm-hmm. And I think a key aspect of that is being able to recognize people are people and, and I don't need to attack you as a person because I disagree with what you think or believe. Right. So the, the question as far as whether or not the school district should have fired her or didn't fire her, is it saying whether or not she should have said what she said or how she said it or in what, in what setting or venue she said it, you know, there's a lot of different opinions and thoughts about that. What I wanted to, and what we've been talking about, what I wanted to get to is the, how do you talk, talk to your it. kids about it? Right. And that's where I believe in a dinner table discussion. So... I think that's going to be put, become part of our show. Part of our show will be a subject that you can bring up at the dinner table to talk with your friend, to talk with your children about and have a dinner table discussion because those have been so fabulous in our life. It's the dinner table discussion. So I'd encourage everyone out there and invite you to have a dinner table discussion around how it is that you, as a family and as your children, work with and express opinions to people who are in authority and what you do to respectfully agree, disagree, have a conversation without contention, knowing that there'll be conflict. That's good. I love that. Okay. So with every show, we'll have a dinner dinner table conversation. What do you have? My dinner table discussion would be in conjunction with that. And I think I would bring into the conversation education versus school. So here you have a situation where a teacher, a person in authority and something has happened outside of this student's realm of influence. Like these things are happening, but they're a part of it. Yeah. And talking about the, that school is school. It's a place that you go, but it's not the only way and not always education. There's a lot going on sometimes in the school. And, and education, in my mind, is our own personal responsibility. And this is a great opportunity to look at that and say, okay, what am I learning here? Because at school, yes, we want to learn the basics. We want to learn how to read. We want to learn mathematics. We want to learn science. But life, we also need to learn how to deal with differing opinions. We need to learn how to be able to be persuasive about our own points of view, to be able to represent those points of view. Those are all things that educationally, you as a family are discussing and learning from that particular situation. Absolutely. And so the opportunity for education is very much there. Yeah. So do you have an article or something that you were keying this off of? It was just, it's great. He talks about that education is more and what, than school. what's the title of the article? This is that, where actually, is it from? it's a life hack. And his name is Brian Lee. Uh-huh. And, and I, think his, I think his website is lifehack.org. And he titled it, Why Education is Better Than School. Oh. Which I, I loved because basically what it is saying is that education isn't limited to school. And if we try to do that, we are going to be in a big amount of trouble. Yeah. Um, but I love that he's like, education is more than school. If you put aside preconceived notions of education, you'll see that education is simply the process of facilitating learning or the acquisition of knowledge, skills, values, beliefs, and habits. And so I just love that education takes place under the guidance of educators, but, and this is key, learners may also educate themselves. And when he said may also, I would put in there, it's vital that we take responsibility for our own education and that we teach our children, 
you have responsibility for your own education. And education isn't a grade. It's a representation of something that happened in school, and it's important. But I don't think that all grades represent education. And so so does that so is he advocating homeschool? No. He's advocating being educated. So he and it's great because he talks edumacated. about educated. Get educated, people. He said, education, keep learning, keep experiencing, keep applying yourself. So in my mind, it's being involved in the process. It's recognizing that you're not just reading the book to get the grade. It's that what why are you reading this book? What is it offering to you? What else can you make connections with? And this is what they try to do a lot of times at school. And it's something that's important as we as we deal with kids and that we can support so much more in the home as we talk with our families about why we do the things that we do, why we believe the things that we do, why we go to school, what we want to accomplish, what we want to learn, and why is it important. And so that brings us, ladies and gentlemen, to our streaking moment, which streaking is all about who you want to be. And being who you want to be means if I want to be educated, that means that I'm going to do some things in order to be educated. So for example, if you want to continue to be educated, then you may have a streak of read at least one paragraph in a nonfiction book daily. Or you may have a streak to study or look at one particular article weekly. That's great. Those are the things you sound like a commercial. I'm going to go back to my talking. I loved it. He's like, don't limit learning to well, That's what I figured school. I would do. I mean, yes. we're powered by streaking. Powered so by... I'll bring in that. And that's yeah. what I loved as I read the article is exactly what you said. He's, he, so he, here are his suggestions. Don't limit learning to school. Read outside of your interests. That would be an awesome streak to, to pick one book, you know, to read as you were talking about reading out a, a nonfiction book, you could be like, I'm going to pick one book that's outside of my regular interests. That's mm-hmm. part of my and streak. And read at least every, one paragraph, read, one paragraph from a, from a day, every day. From, from a book that... I've done that actually. And in, in, uh, with my streak of reading at least one paragraph from a nonfiction book, I've started books that I I was just like, oh my goodness, this is way outside of what it is that I enjoy. And it was a struggle to get... One book in particular, I remember, is called... Um, it was uh, how I to measure anything. Book. How mm-hmm. to measure anything. It was as dry as a bucket of hair, mm-hmm. and it was way outside of my interest. However, what I learned from it was amazing. The other one was uh, actually Im- impro, which was improvisation for theater. That one was not as interesting to me, but but you and I both know. I mean, the lessons, the the principles that I took away from that were amazing. So that streak has broadened my horizons. Whereas before, I was very closed in what it was that I would consider. And so I love that. Educate, being educated is reading something outside of your interest. So that's the what and the how. I'm going to set a streak to keep me doing that, to keep me starting it, to keep it something that's in my life. And that's mm-hmm. what I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to smart people. I love that. Find people who are smart and so don't be afraid to talk to them. To ask a question of one other person you consider smart on a weekly basis. Okay, so as you're saying that, here's what I love. What does that streak do? At first, it's going to be hard to keep because maybe you forget or you or it's something that, but it's training you every day to look at people as curiosities. I want to learn about you. I want to ask you a question. I want well, to- Well, and I think to treat them as smart people and yes. to be like, I consider you an individual that is smart. And you know, you and go back- And that I can learn from anybody yes. in any circumstance, in any situation. That person has something that they can contribute to my learning. Yeah. Absolutely. So that one, talk to smart people. Question things and think beyond the obvious. 
And, and so just keep learning, keep experiencing and keep applying. So I love again. So, and a lot of these articles give lists of what to do. Yes. And that's where streaking comes in so beautifully as it's a how to do it. You can look at all these lists and say, okay, of everything that we have there, what's one thing that I can do daily, weekly, or potentially monthly that will help me do that particular thing? Like, for example, I'm going to seek for and ask a question of at least one other person weekly. Yes. I mean, make it laughably simple, keep record that you do it, and create a community around it. And that's where I look at what I love about the app um, is we get to now share what it was that we learned or some valuable insight that we had. For example, right now I'm reading Adam Grant's book, um, uh, Think Again. And I just posted last night on the streaking app what the paragraph was that I read. And this 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 relates to the education. So keep talking for a second while I find it here while in the thing again. But, <laughs> filler, filler. <laughs> so that we can come up so with So that it. we can do. I just, I really do feel that. So as you're talking, I'm thinking how great it is that because you learned something and have read this whole book, you're going to be able to share your one nugget that then I can learn from that nugget and either be inspired to go on and read that book myself or also have learned something from you. Again, that opportunity. The other thing that I wanted to say is that sometimes with a streak, and this is what the discussion we had, that there's so much focus on the accomplishment. And accomplishment is important, but accomplishment has to start somewhere. We're not going to accomplish anything if we don't start. And streaking not only gets us to start, but it gets us to keep going, to keep doing those things that are important at a small level. And a huge part of starting these things is bringing it from this occasional thinking of, oh, I really want to do this, to this constant thinking of, I'm going to have this be a part of my life. And that takes deliberate effort and conscious effort, which is what setting a streak does. It's small, but it brings this thing that you just wish that you had as part of your life and holds you at a level of accountability to say, are you actually thinking about it each day? And I say thinking about it because to me, that's the first part of the doing is that I'm just even remembering that I wanted to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking in concert to what it is that you're saying as far as being mindful and intentional and also looking at school as not... And how did you say it? In other words, school, school is not always education. School isn't always education. But to look school at education. School is a place you go. Listen to Education this. is different. Listen to this. Um, so Adam Grant, who teaches in Michigan, uh, he said he was doing a, a experiment or he was working with his class to help them get to think differently. And what he recognized is that when he put a syllabus out, that became the way that you that that became the rule of the class and so it put them into a locked mindset let's call it a fixed mindset and he wanted to break out of that so one of the things that he did is he started to have a syllabus that would have like blank days on it and that he would have the students think about now there was a subject so it gave a little bit of a general direction but the students now had to think about what it was that they needed to do and he said this he said with um he said i've I was teaching a semester-long class on organizational behavior for juniors and seniors. When I introduced evidence, uh, and the evidence was that you know people don't really learn or that it's hard to think again, I wasn't giving them space to rethink, or sorry, when I introduced evidence, man, I'm just butchering this and I apologize. 
when he introduced the evidence of what proved his points, I wasn't giving them the space to rethink it. After years of wrestling with this problem, it dawned on me that I could create a new assignment to teach rethinking. I assigned students to work in small groups to record their own mini podcasts or mini TED Talks. Their charge was to question a popular practice, to champion an idea that went against the grain of conventional wisdom, or to challenge principles covered in class. Now listen to this. As they started working on the project, I noticed a surprising pattern. The students who struggled the most were, who do you think? The ones that got the best grades. The straight-A students. Yep. The perfectionists. It turns out that although perfectionists are more likely than their peers to ace school, notice the words you use, mm-hmm. they don't perform any better than their colleagues at work. This tracks with evidence that across a wide range of industries, grades are not a strong predictor of job performance. Achieving excellence in school often requires mastering old ways of thinking. Building an influential career demands new ways of thinking. In a classic study of highly accomplished architects, the most creative ones graduated with a B average. (laughs) There's probably people out there that are like... Cringing. And cheering. You've got the cringers and you've got the cheers. And I'm trying to find this part in this this article that I read that he talks about that a huge part of doing well in school is being obedient and living up to your teacher's expectations. Yeah. And that's... And because who's giving the grade? That teacher's giving the grade. Absolutely. And so you've got to live up to their expectation. And what he's saying is that that doesn't necessarily create people who can think. Right. In fact, so just to continue, just to finish this off, it says their straight A counterparts were so determined to be right that they often failed to take the risk of rethinking the orthodoxy. A similar pattern emerged in a study of students who graduated at the top of their class. Valedictorians aren't likely to be the future's visionaries. Education and researcher Karen Arnold explains, quote, they typically settle into the system instead of shaking it up. That is so true. And and so, so that fits exactly into what you were saying as far as, you know, the education versus school mm-hmm. and the whole idea of, okay, I know what I need to do now. How do I need to do it? And that's what I love about the streak is it gives you the opportunity to read a paragraph from a nonfiction book that I wouldn't generally read. Exactly. That you and because of all of this, now the mind is expanded and we're able to see greater ways of thinking. Absolutely. So there was one more topic that we wanted to cover off on, and that was friendship. What was it about that 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 struck you? Because it goes into kind of going back to school and coming up with friends. Is it because, you know, maybe we're struggling or one of our children is struggling a little bit with coming up with friends? Or what was it that came to mind? Well, it was also, yeah. So it, it goes along again with this education versus school and the focus on education versus the focus being on school. School is this place that we go back to. And and part of what brought me thinking about this, and this this was what was interesting to me, is that I wanted the kids to do some things before school. I wanted them a certain, I wanted to sit down with them. I'm like, let's go over these math facts. Let's do this. And both of them were looked at me and were like, we haven't even started school yet. I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> and and it just was, again, this, this realization that I'm like, we don't stop learning just because we're not in school right now. Right. I want to be learning all the time. And so as I've been looking at some different schools for my kids, I recognize that there's one child that the friendships that he makes, the social aspect is very important. 
And I was able to recognize that that's as much a part of his education as, as the things he's learning in school, his education of being able to find good friends yeah. and, and then also to be a good friend. Well, and I think that, that that relates to what it is that we were saying as far as social and civil unrest is being able to work with people of different backgrounds, diversities, and thoughts and opinions starts with this place in school where there are different people that they're that they have different values, whether different moral values, different um, ideologies, and they come from different backgrounds because the dinner table conversations that people have in their home are going to be vastly different. Now, yes. we tend to, birds of a feather flock together. Right. However, we live in a society, and especially in a free society in the United States of America, where we live in a free society and are able to discuss things openly, that means that there's going to be differing opinions. And how can we create friendships with people who we disagree with and we don't come to blows? Right. You know, we don't go to physical violence, but we actually have discussion and, and healthy discussion. And that's where I look at dinner table discussion as being able to discuss these things. Anyway, what were you going to say? So as I, I was reading a, a thing that was talking about how to be a better friend and how to have friends. And it says to have good friends, be a good friend, show genuine interest in others, smile and let them know you care about them. Treat everyone with kindness and respect and refrain from judging and criticizing those around you. Just that was a wealth of... Wow. Of, of, and so as I was thinking about this, I'm like, okay... I want to be a better friend. How could I set some streaks or, and help my children set streaks about friendship, about being a good friend and finding good friends? I love what you're saying there too, because the 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 active word be, B-E, who do I want to become? Who do I want to be? Starts right when right you, when I mean, right, I mean, basically when you're walking out of the womb. I don't know who walked out of the womb, but. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you people ran out. Ran. I can't wait to start. <laughs> Some life. of you we had to pull out. <laughs> that was, so I that was that, Megan. Though. She didn't want to come out. She was, she was like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm staying coming. in. It's warm. I'm relaxed. <laughs> but, you, but you're right. I mean, so, the friendship is so key. So talking to your kids when they're like, I have no friends. Well, be a good friend. How can I be a friend to someone when I feel like I have no friends? Right. And that's what I loved about this is that one of the first things they said was show genuine interest. And so as I was looking at this, I'm like, okay, what kind of streaks could I talk about? What kind of things would help me to show genuine interest in others? And and I thought, so these are some of the ideas that I just jotted down as I was thinking about streak ideas that I could have to be a better friend. Meet someone new once a week. Like have a streak to wow. just meet someone new once a week. Look back on my day and notice when I judge someone. I thought that would be an interesting streak. Interesting. At the end of the day, look back at my interactions and just try to notice when I judged someone. Just and and I thought I don't have to like I don't know that that wouldn't be something I would necessarily show as an accomplishment, but it would change who I want to be if at the end of each day I looked back at each of my interactions, just took a minute with the people that I had interacted that day and tried to notice what judgments I made of that person and just thought about that. Would that change hmm. who I am? You got me um, deeply thinking on that one. The thing that I think about right away is, would that become a whip to beat myself with, that I'm an awful person? Or how would I do it so that I'm not, you know, just criticizing myself for judging someone else? Oh, that's a good you question. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Because I, I could see how that could turn to something that, I don't know, it could be positive and it could be negative. That's true. That's true. 
But isn't that the case with all things? I mean, I look at it and I'm like, there's balance in all of those things. And having True. something become a whip is a little bit I guess of a streaking, choice. Well, and that's kind of what, the, I mean, if we go all the way back to the beginning of the gut punch, that's one of the, that things, one that of the that, things that, was that the close friend said was, I don't, I don't need another whip to beat myself with. So and I bring, guess that's a great point. I mean, I can use anything as a whip. However, streaking and the whole process and an idea of streaking is to not have a whip, but to have something that you can win at every single day. That's why you make it laughably simple. And for this, it was to help me notice that I am making judgments of people. And I think we do need to be able to judge things. You need to teach your children to judge the and to trust those like feelings the when they're too. around someone that they feel uncomfortable around to, you know, yeah, there's I, safety there. I like the I like where you're going with this in the sense of it's it's the whole idea is becoming intentional. Yes. To not let those unconscious kind of slide by the side thoughts permeate your brain, but to actually look back and to be an intentional deliberate person who is dis- deciding who they want to be, not accidentally th- falling into it. Yep. Another one was to smile at someone every day, to have a streak to smile at someone every day. With the mask mandate, you may have to pull down your mask and smile and then pull it back up. <laughs> and there's another dinner table conversation yes. right there, the mask mandate. The mask That'll be mandate. a fun one to go into. Another streak I had, do an act of kindness every day. Learn something new about someone. Or maybe look back at my day and notice an opportunity when I could have learned something new about someone around me. So that one I amended because as I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, learn something new about someone Ooh, every day. That could day. be tough. That could be tough. But could the streak be either learn something new or look back and think, oh, I had the opportunity. I could have learned that or I did learn that because even the act of thinking of your interaction with someone and what you learned from that interaction has benefit, has this way of changing who you are. You may not have noticed that you were learning something from someone because you went on. But if you stop at the end of the day and think back on that interaction, you're like, oh, I guess I did learn that they like this because they said that. That their favorite color is yellow. Right. You just learned something. So, <laughs> and then there was some really great ones that are um, like post-it notes. I have a friend that has a streak to leave a kind post-it note once a day for somebody. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know you had a friend that had that yep. had that streak. They just leave a little, little kind post-it note little somewhere post-it for note someone. Somewhere for someone, and it doesn't have to be someone they know. Oh, it just is a kind post-it just note. Just a post-it note somewhere. And I so thought, the that dependency is on that, you've got to have post-it notes. You've got to have pen. post-it notes. That's true. <laughs> but that's part of being mindful. Absolutely. Right. So you talked about dinner time conversation. I thought this would be a great thing to talk about as families. You could have a family streak to develop friendships, or you could have individual streaks and talk about it at night when you or when you're together in the car. How are your streaks going with friends? What have you learned? What what things are better because you're focusing on being a better friend? Well, thanks everyone for joining us in our conversation today. I think that uh, as you go about thinking about who you want to be and setting streaks to be that person, thinking about it in, you know, for example, when someone from close range does give you a gut punch, how how it is that you handle that? What is education versus school? And also talking about friendships and how to develop those friendships. Think about setting streaks. And Jamie, just to leave everyone what do you recommend? Because you just gave everyone a whole list of information on what they could do. How do they decide what streak they want to start as far as that's concerned? Because you thought through all those, but you're not going to do all those streaks. No, and I don't have all of those streaks. No. I was just thinking of how... So how do you decide which one of those streaks you might set 
going forward? Me personally, I pick that thing that nags at me, that thing that as I go through the list, there's all these things that I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be cool. But usually there's one or two that I'm like, okay, this one's really bothering me. And I'm going to, I'm because setting a streak does require intentional effort. It, it, it requires your effort and acknowledging that is being able to say no to all of the really great ideas that you want to do and become right now and saying yes to one of them for just a hundred days. Start there and don't let yourself. And don't let in. But that doesn't mean that there's an end to you adding streaks because you can add streaks, but be very intentional about what those streaks are. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jeff Downs. I'm and Jamie Downs. <laughs> we love talking with you about all things related to streaking. This is the Jeff and Jamie Show powered by streaking. Join us next time when we talk about your child's first smartphone, a guide to the proper age, phone type, and parental controls. Let it go. Disney princess culture isn't toxic, study finds. And we'll talk about how your body tells you that your sleep quality is poor. So until next time, keep streaking. Don't even worry. It's too simple not to do. It's the little things that make a better It's the little thing.